Welcome to USA Football's Coach and Coordinator Podcast, where top football coaches from around the country share their stories, philosophies, concepts, and strategies to help you get better on and off the field. Now, here's your host, Keith Grabowski. Hey, coaches, before we get going today, I just wanted to thank you for all you've been doing to support this podcast. And we have an incredible lineup coming up here. We have just about every major college conference represented. We have a ton of FBS coaches, Division II coaches, Division Three coaches, some great high school fo- football coaches coming on the podcast to share with you and help you grow professionally during this time. I really appreciate all of you asking your questions on Twitter. Please follow me at Coach K Grabowski for our daily updates on our guests and your opportunity to ask questions. We will read them on the show and attribute those to you. Um, so please contribute to the show as much as you can. I also want to talk to you a little bit about our football development model, which is something we've rolled out here at USA Football. And this is really for you to uh, be able to help your youth football programs develop. It's about a long-term athlete development plan. and something that comes off of the American development model, which is something that the USOC has put together. The idea is that we're able to teach skills in a progression starting at the youngest ages. We're also looking at the different game types we have, whether that's flag, which is non-contact, limited contact games like padded flag or tackle bar and full contact and the right progressions for contact teaching there as well. Be sure to check out all we do at footballdevelopment.com and check out what we're doing with the FDM, the football development model at usafootball.com backslash fdm.usafootball.com. On today's Coaching Coordinator Podcast, we're going to focus on defense and a little bit on defending the RPO and unbalanced, uh, using safeties in the run game. And joining us to talk about that is the 2019 Football Scoop NAIA Co-Coordinator of the Year, the Co-Defensive Coordinator at National Champion Morningside, Casey Jacobson. Casey, great to have you back on the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, man. So for our coaches who want to know a little bit more about Casey's background, we did a podcast some time back and we went over all his biographical info, the things he's learned through the game, things he believes in as far as building a culture, leadership, all those kinds of things. I'll link to that in our show notes. That's going to be one you want to check out. But uh, today we'll focus on specific things here, as I mentioned, you know, some of your beliefs in defending the, the RPO, unbalanced, uh, using safeties and run fits and you know, manipulating the, the second and third level read players a little bit to mess with the offense. And I think it's very important, though, and Coach, we'll start with this. You know, you, you said it to me as we were getting ready. Culture wins, mm-hmm. right? And evidence of that, you guys are 29-0 and 0 over the last two years. And as, as you mentioned, you're doing this with – you've got good players, but these are regular guys. These are not guys going on to the NFL, though you guys play against those kind of guys. Yeah, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, defensively, you know, and we talk with our guys about it all the time. You know, we've got to we've got to try and execute at 100 percent because you know if we take 100 snaps in a game and we play 93 of them awesome, you're still giving up. That means seven bad plays. That's 49 points, and we've got to do everything in our power to to be able to make those execution errors diminish and and also to be able to overcome some of those execution errors. But a lot of it just comes down to, you know, our guys and how they play the game of football. 
in terms of how they believe in each other, what we do in terms of film study to, to try and be as prepared as possible, and then just being able to have simple ideas and simple plans in terms of making quick adjustments on the sidelines so we can get back out there and try and get ourselves a turkey and get off the field, get our offense back out on the field. So, Coach, the, the RPO fad is, is, has not ended, uh, still trending in RPOs. And if you look at what we did with Virtual Summit, over 140 speakers, a ton, a ton. In fact, two right now as I'm sitting here on the RPO game. So defenses still have to defend it, and you have to think about those things. And, of course, right now it's like getting to be a, a matter of who has the chalk last, but execution an important part of that. Uh, talk to us a little bit about your thoughts on defending the RPO. Well, well, first off, I, I don't know that you can call the RPO a fad anymore. No. I think it's here to stay. Yeah. I think it's here to stay. And, and it, you know, the thing that it does is it makes you, you know, and those all those offensive guys, you know, you always hear them, you know, make them defend every blade of grass. Well, and that's what it does because it stresses you not only horizontally, but, you know, in terms of the guys that are good and, and really know how to, to get their stuff to manipulate people is you got to defend everything vertically as well. You know, so when, when we're looking at it, you know, back in, you know, six years ago, before this was all, you know, kind of the, the new thing, you know, our biggest thing was, you know, I always talk with our guys about, Hey, we want to, you know, we don't ever want to be outnumbered. We don't ever want to be out leveraged and you better know where your matchup is. So those were the three things that really dictated what we tried to do numbers, leverage, and matchup. And what the RPO game did was it kind of made us it, not necessarily rethink it, but man, I, I'm going to be able to have an extra player, but where am I going to put that extra player? You know, well, 10 years ago, it was already, everybody already knew it. The extra player was going to be fit in the run. And you knew that that's where that guy was going to be. But now you've got to figure out, Hey, where am I going to put this guy? You know, cause I, I can get it. I can gain an, a plus one advantage wherever I want on the field. It's just, you better make sure that you're right. Or you better be able to make sure that you're dictating you know, what play that they're going to run, you know, in terms of if you're going to give a, a give read or if you're going to give a pull read or, you know, how you're playing your coverage on the back end to try and be able to funnel that ball to the spot on the field that you want it to go. So, Coach, a big part of, of what you're doing with that is how you use your safeties, correct? Correct. We've always been kind of a cover four team, you know, playing an insert safety in terms of being able to help to fit the run game. And now kind of how we're doing that is, you know, sometimes the, the the biggest thing, you know, the word that I've heard probably the most over the last two years in terms of, of offensive coordinators with the RPO is, you know, we've got to put a guy in conflict. You know, which guy can we put in conflict? So my job as a defensive coordinator is to try and figure out how to take guys out of conflict without always being in man. You know, you can get out of conflict playing man, but man, you better be better than the other guy. Otherwise, you're just going to get roached all day. We're really trying to, you know, use – you know, the, the guys that are fantastic at it, and our offensive coordinator that's been here, was here for nine years, and now he's down in Central Missouri, was fantastic at it. So I got to practice this stuff like every day. But, you know, they're either, they're, 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 it's not always that second-level defender or even the first-level defender that they're trying to put into conflict. Now they're putting that third-level defender into conflict. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to fit things differently, whether we're going to use that second-level defender to help play with the RPO or where we're going to use that third level level defender to play the RPO and how that, you know, our guys have to communicate, Hey, I'm going to be thick here against the run and you can play soft and help out on the RPO. And a lot of that is kind of determined by what type of an RPO team are you? You know, if it's a second level defender that I'm going to use to defend the RPO, well, you throw an eight yard bang route 
that guy can't do anything about it, you know, because he's sitting down there at five. And by the time that he's getting his run pass key and by the time he's getting everything, the information that he needs, that route's already behind him. So if it's a slant, if it's a bubble, if it's a stick, yeah, that's great to have that second-level guy be able to do that. But teams that are doing us, they're, they're running eight-yard banks. They're running fades. They're running posts. They're doing those types of things. And I've got to have somebody that's deeper, you know, to be able to have by himself a little bit more time to be able to help out on those, you know, vertical type of RPO routes that we're seeing. And I guess you used to call them a play action back in the day, but now they're reading it. So it's not really a play action. That's, I mean, the whole thing is being read out. So you've got to be able to find ways to, to use the second or the third level defender to switch off who's fitting in that run fit to be able to gain that hat where you want it. And also to be able to, you know, kind of take advantage of, or I guess not take advantage, be able to kind of negate their advantage in terms of some of the matchups that they're creating with. Yeah. Now you, you mentioned the guy you used to work against or work with, I should say now is at Central Missouri, Lucas Luters. Looking at that, maybe, you know, I guess I'm looking for insight on how he approached that, those third levels. You know, when I talk to guys and the little we used it was really more of, we call them pass run options that, if we're calling those, we saw some kind of reaction out of that that third level player who, which made us believe it was the right time to call that. We just kind of had the fail safe in it though, as if he didn't bite on the run like we expected, we could give that ball then. So, any, any thoughts or insight? I guess you you gained from you know Lucas who who do, does those kind of things. By the way, he's an upcoming guest here on on the podcast as well. Yeah. I- you know, in terms of our conversations, a lot of it comes down to who's he telling the quarterback to put his eyes on, you know, and the, and that was a lot of it in terms of how they're manipulating guys and who they're looking at is, you know, what do you do? Are you an insert quarters team? Well, we're going to put that guy in conflict. You know, are you a cover three team? Well, now we got to put a flat defender into conflict. And they're basing their stuff, you know, they're going to use your rules against you. And that really makes it tough because now I'm having to, take you know tried and tested rules that have worked really good here for a long time and now i've got to try and start you know manipulating those a little bit to be able to to take away more things i mean to be able to get help into different spaces you know so i really think you know and there and there's a lot of guys that, that do it you know at saint francis in indiana you know those guys do a fantastic job with it marion you know in the second half man his rpo game was was awesome and just being able to you know who are you looking at and how are you changing that based off of what the defense has given you? And then I've got to be able to change it, you know, to try and make that look, you know, to, to give a different look, to give a different read, to try and, you know, manipulate who you think you can put into conflict and try and take them out of conflict. And, you know, it's a chess match. And at the end of the day, you know, guys have to make plays, which I think is real, which, which makes tackling even more important. Because at the end of the day, I, I can't, I'm not going to guess right all the time. And at some point, it's going to come down to a one-on-one open field matchup. And my guy's got to be able to make that tackle, and we've got to be able to live to play the next down. So, Coach, from, you know, you mentioned a little bit of different ways you could do it. Practice standpoint, anything that, you know, you guys now work that has become part of the drill progression. Of course, you can work it in, in team and, you know, certain group periods. But more as far as things you work on technique-wise or key-wise that you're working it in, in, in more of an individual or maybe small group part, part of practice? Yeah, so like we do half-lines. We do a lot of half-line stuff. And just in terms of being able to talk through those things. And a lot of it, it's a, it's a week-to-week type of a thing. 
you know, I was obviously this last year, you know, I, both my safeties were three-year starters, both my outside linebackers were three-year starters. So, you know, we had done a lot of different things in those three years and they'd be able to come to the sideline and we'd be able to make a quick adjustment. But in terms of like, when we're just kind of easing new guys into it and trying to teach them, Hey, you're going to be, you know, you know, you're going to be thick against the run here, or you're going to, you know, you're going to be playing a flat footed key and then you're going to respond to full or empty hands based off of, you know, the RPO game. You know, we're doing that with both levels of guys. So as we're working through our progressions, you know, we're, we're just kind of making it so they can kind of see, hey, hey, if we're in this, you know, if we're in this kind of a look, hey, he should be coming, coming fast and I should be playing soft. And then vice versa, if we're in this, you know, this different look, hey, my safety is going to be replacing me and then I'm going to be, you know, staying out of it with a flat-footed key trying to get underneath some stuff. So, you know, it, it really comes down to working with those outside linebackers and those safeties and then even mixing the corners in a little bit just in terms of playing some, you know, soft cover two, you know, play some of that pattern read stuff to, to still, you know, we at the end of the day, we still want to be able to, to change our flat defender. And that's kind of what it comes down to in terms of, hey, can I, who can I use as a flat defender and still be able to cover everything? Because we talked to about another thing that offenses are trying to do to, to stress the defense. And it's something, as teams went away from the huddle, they did this less and less. But you're seeing it make its way back into offenses, regardless of huddle or no huddle, is unbalanced. right? The whole idea that we're going to put an extra lineman on the side of the ball, we're going to move the gaps we're going to force you to think about how you're going to adjust your front. So how have you been dealing with unbalanced? You know, and, and, and I think it's really two questions there because we see, we see multiple types of unbalanced and some of it is unbalanced using more receivers when others it's bringing alignment over there. So, you know, there's really probably a couple different philosophies offensively in terms of why teams are doing it. And, and that really will, will kind of, you know, funnel our game plan into how we want to defend those different looks. Obviously, you know, if, if they're bringing extra offensive linemen over there, they're bringing, you know, making a three or a four man surface. We've got to be able to match that in terms of size and bodies from a number standpoint, you know, and we'll bump our front and we'll play it. You know, we'll just make a new center and we'll make the guard the center and we'll bump everybody over. We'll walk line, an extra linebacker down onto the line of scrimmage kind of as a stand up defensive end. You know, if we feel that's in our best interest for, for that week to be able to control an extra gap down there. Some of the teams that are bringing in extra offensive linemen will actually, you know, take a corner off and bring in an extra defensive lineman to try and, you know, combat some of that stuff. But the one that we really work the most on is is the different unbalanced, you know, with all the different wide receivers out there. And, you know, these teams that are going up-tempo and they're they're able to do that, you know, they're out there in, in 11 personnel and all of a sudden you've got to figure out which receiver's on, which receiver's off, who's eligible, you know, who – you know, what leverage do they have to run what type of a screen? Who's eligible to go vertical on you? And trying to get all of that stuff communicated, leveraged, and find the right matchups in about 20 seconds is about all you get. Because those teams that are going up tempo, they'll motion to it. Or they'll just, you know, they'll get a play and they'll come right out. And they're, they're in it. You've got to be able to, to have a, a plan in place so you can so you can get out there and you can you know, obviously when you go into it, you're, you're not going to know exactly what they're going to run when you see something new, but you're, you're, you better give your kids a plan to be able to, you know, execute at least the basics of it until you can figure out where they're actually trying to hit you. And then you can kind of start moving your pieces around to try to take away what they're doing. But we, you know, we've got, we have periods in practice 
you know, we're, when we're going against the service team, you know, and we call it trouble and we do it once a week and it's not, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with our upcoming opponent except for some of the trouble stuff that that opponent does, but it's trouble stuff that maybe we saw, you know, two weeks ago. And it's some unbalanced stuff that, you know, maybe we're going to see in four weeks or, Hey, I saw this on, you know, Oklahoma did this against Texas. Be ready for somebody to come out and do something like this. You know, so we're really trying to get through. We're trying to show them as many looks as humanly possible and allow them to recognize it, put themselves in a situation to not give up a touchdown and and just to be able to line up and play football. So, you know, that whole 10 minute block, we're just throwing all kinds of different things at them from an unbalanced standpoint so that we can, we can make sure we can line up and we can make sure we can identify eligible receivers and we can allow our guys to play with confidence. I love it. So who's in charge of that trouble period as far as the guy on the staff? Who scripts that up? Me. <laughs> so I get to go back to some of the old offensive days, you know, and I just, I'll run trick plays out of it. I mean, it, it's just all kinds of different stuff. And we're just trying to get our guys to understand what can happen out of that, you know, and, and it just, just to be able to see leverage of receivers and to be able to see, you know, who, like who's eligible, you know, we and a lot of these teams that are doing it, the thing that's a pain in the butt about it is they're going to all go up there and, and all of them are kind of like, I don't even know. It's like a muddle line of scrimmage. I mean, you don't know who's off or who's on and, and it's kind of, it gets a little bit chaotic. You know, I'm, I'm out there yelling, who's out, el- you know, yelling at the refs, who's eligible, who's off, who's on. And they're snapping the ball. So you kind of just got to be able to fly by the seat of your pants and get all that stuff, get all that stuff stopped. Reminds me a little bit. It took hold. I don't know, for maybe two years at the high school level, probably about, oh, let's let's call it nine, ten years ago with that A11 offense. It got outruled, outlawed because they didn't let you use the scrimmage punt formation, some, some kind of rule with that. They changed it to kind of outlaw this kind of football, but you, you're back to it. That's the exact thing, like trying to figure out who's eligible and not on this thing and you know, that, that's where it, it becomes tricky. So, you know, I, I love that idea of having a trouble period. I, I can remember teams we've had was just, you know, a lot of it would be more of a walkthrough, but, you know, getting those things live on the field, making guys adjust. I mean, your description of everything that could happen on in no huddle and, and where you guys could, you know, bust the defense, you sold it to me. I mean, if there's offensive coordinators, they're putting it in right now because of, of how, <laughs> how you describe that, Coach. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and like I said, we do it every single week and it's, I mean, it's, it's not even necessarily what we're going to see that Saturday, but I want to be able to, I, I'm trying to build our kids football knowledge, you know, and if I can keep doing that every single week, you know, by the time we get to the end of the season, hopefully, you know, they've seen something similar, you know, throughout the course of the year that they can say, Hey, man, I remember that trouble period four weeks ago. There was something kind of looked like this. Let's let's see if we can't line up like that and, and if that's going to be the answer to it. And, and, and it, like I said, it's, you know, we, it's, it's everything. We run everything out of it, Adam, just, just to try and make sure they understand, you know, we'll run veer option out of it. We'll run bubbles out of it. We'll run four verticals out of it. We're doing all kinds of different stuff just in terms of so our guys understand where their threats are and what they've got to do to, to kind of neutralize those threats and put themselves in a position, you know, because a lot of the times when teams come out in that stuff, they'll, they're going to have a plan, but, you know, it's it's unbalanced for them. It's it's not their base stuff either. So if, if you can get it shut down, 
they're not going to keep coming back at you with it. You know, if you can, if your guys can prove, Hey, we can, we can line up and, and you're not going to fool us with this. Well then, you know, they're not going to continually bang their head against that wall. They're going to go to the stuff that they're really good at to try and beat you with. Um, it's just, you know, you're trying to make sure you guys don't get caught napping is basically what it comes down to. And it's a really fun. And, and that that's all they're yeah. trying to do, right? That they just want to try yep. to get and, you. And it's a really fun period too, because our, our, our service team loves it. Right. Because you can come on and you're yeah, going to run some yeah. crazy stuff. And, you know, you you might be able to rip off, you know, four touchdowns in that period against the first team defense and you can hoot and holler and they can, you know, do their chest bumps and all that stuff. And it's a good time. You know, I, I enjoy that period because you get to do a lot of, you get to do a lot of coaching, not necessarily in terms of scheme or technique, but just football knowledge. Hey, this is, look at this, look at how these guys are lined up. What can they do out of this? And it just lends itself to, to being able to create smarter football players. Well, Coach, speaking of, of trouble, have, have you seen anything this year that maybe is beginning to trend? I, I know I saw a ton of shallow cross mesh. We saw more and more of the, you know, no no puller screens. So they're running a, they're running a shallow behind the line or like an angle route behind the line. And receivers are releasing like they're on their stem and then turn into blockers. Lines pass blocking and they throw the ball underneath and there's all kinds of space. That's one. I actually just watched a clinic this morning on it. But anything along those lines, I guess stuff that you've started to see that you're looking at maybe different things in your research to account for. You know, we, we saw a ton of shallow cross this year, the mesh route. I mean, a ton of it. And we kind of had a, we had, and we're a pattern read team by nature. You know, so there was some there was some holes there that we had to, you know, that we had to talk about, and you know, we really, really, really drilled it. That was another thing we started. I started drilling with the linebackers almost on a daily basis in terms of how you're passing all those routes off, and able to at least get a body in the area to put some color in those windows. You know, the the little tunnel screen in terms of you know the receivers blocking. We've been seeing that for a while. You should ask Coach Lulu's about that one. That's one of his favorite ones. But just being able to, you know, again, it comes down to trying to be able to identify those things and and get your kids to run to the football. But I would say the the biggest things that we saw this year, I would say the mesh and then you know insert zone really was a big thing with with an H back, just in terms of using the RPO with it, you know, bringing that guy in and inserting him into the line of scrimmage, you know, because when they're doing that, they're kind of burning a couple RPO players, they're burning some of your run fitters and the RPO action that they were able to have off of that. So those were some of the things that we really saw a lot of this year and had to kind of come up with answers for it and, you know, try and, you know, manipulate some gaps on the line of scrimmage to be able to, to keep some of our guys out of conflict. With your approach to those new things, without giving away the, you know, the stuff you're developing, I guess, you know, when you look at those and if it gave you problems during a season, how do you go about, you know, either fixing that, uh, looking how you adjust your defense, maybe finding a new answer. I mean, is there a, an approach you take to it when you're in the off season before you hit spring ball? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we came up with a couple things and, and, you know, unfortunately we didn't really get a chance to, to see them in action with, you know, spring ball being shut down, but, you know, in terms of if, if they're moving blockers, you've got to be able to account for somebody moving, you know, in terms of, guys that are static on the line of scrimmage or guys that are, you know, that linebacker, how are you adjusting to those moving pieces? And, you know, it's really hard to, you know, if you're looking at, if you're treating it like a chess game, it's really hard to counter a queen's movement with a pawn. And being able to put your guys, you know, using different personnel to be able to account for those movements 
And the other thing, you know, that I guess, you know, it's not anything new, but it just comes down to, I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to say, Hey, we got to stop this. And, and you've got to put your, you know, your eggs in that basket of, Hey, we're going to, we've got to stop this. If we don't stop this, it doesn't matter about the other stuff. And, and, you know, making sure that you're really good at stopping what you want to stop and then finding ways to, you know, kind of, you know, not, you're not going to necessarily be able to stop the other things, but you're going to try and, you know, keep it from turning into big plays on you. Well, coach, I appreciate you taking some time here. I know we have it, but you know, it seems to, it seems to be that our schedules get filled up here pretty quickly, but you know, best of luck to you guys at Morningside. I know for you guys, it's looking to build on the success, go and win a, another one. So best of luck to you in 2020. I appreciate it, man. Thanks. Uh, thanks for everything that you're doing, you know, during this stuff. It's that what you're doing and, and putting this content out, man, that's, that's invaluable. You know, right now is a time where coaches are trying to get out and learn stuff. And, and, and unfortunately we can't, but we're able to have, you know, some of these, these different avenues now to try and learn and, and find some new stuff. And I just really appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thanks. I appreciate those words, Casey. Coaches again, I want to remind you of what we're doing with the football development model, please push this down to your youth coaches. I think this is a great way for you to get some organization and structure beyond what you've already done. Uh, Check it out. All of our our program development for youth football at fdm.usafootball.com. Again, check out our systems for blocking, tackling, and defeating blocks at footballdevelopment.com. If you register with your email, you get your choice of three free videos. There's some great things in there. I think things that as you get going again, can get into the summer and maybe make up on some things that you might have lost if you had a spring ball, if you had time here in the spring to work on football. Some great drills for all those phases of contact. If you're enjoying the podcast, please have it over to iTunes or your platform and give us a five-star rate. If you have a minute, write a review. We really appreciate it, and we will read your review on our highlight show that we do at the end of the week. Thanks for listening to USA Football's Coach and Coordinator Podcast. For more resources, visit the Coach Performance Center at usafootball.com.